Welcome to a special Tony Awards preview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamanini, and for the first time in way too long, I am joined on a podcast talking about the Tony Awards with four-time Tony nominee and Drama Desk winning producer Oliver Henry Roth. Oliver, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. We won't get into the hell of a day that you had on Friday, but you are still um, soldiering on to do the thing that you enjoy the most, which is talk about the Tony Awards. That's right. I, I have to. There's nothing I like more than talking about the Tony Awards with Matt Tamanini, except for maybe talking about the MCU or oh, uh, the Mass yeah. Singer with you. Yeah, we do all of those on the regular. Um, as I mentioned, you are a four-time Tony nominee, and in fact, three of them not only come in this year's Tonys, but come in the same category, Oliver. So I want to get this in an effort of full disclosure out of the way so people know where your producing interests stand. Um, you were nominated as part of the team for The Inheritance, for Seawall and a Life, and for Slave Play. But you and I have talked about this a number of times, especially as the Tonys finally got announced and actually started happening because you are such a lover of the Tony Awards and the predictions of the Tony Awards, you kind of have an odd view of this that despite your obvious personal connections to so many of the play categories this year, that you kind of have transcended beyond the selfish aspect of predicting who could win on Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, I, I, I always say there's a difference between who I want to win and who, who I think will win or who the odds favor. And I, I try as hard as I can to uh, be honest with myself about the difference. Um, you know, so I, I might predict some things tonight that um, I really hope aren't the case, but uh, but that doesn't mean they're not most likely. Yeah. And the weird thing about this year is, is honestly, who the hell knows what's most likely? Because these Tony Awards are so strange, um, not only for the fact that some of these, including Moulin Rouge, which we'll talk about quite a bit, I'm sure, opened over two years ago. Um, we haven't had a performance in a year and a half. The, the, the nominations happened a year ago. The voting happened nine months ago. Uh, it's just a weird set of stuff to try to be making predictions. So really, these are all guesses at best. But Oliver, what we're going to do is um, we're I'm going to run through the technical and some of the fringe creative um, predictions that you've made. All of your okay. predictions are on your website at ohenryproductions.com. You have your nominations all listed there for accountability. And um, one of the other folks that works with you at Ohenry Productions, Krista, also made her predictions. So she, those, yeah, she like she likes to differ with me every once in a while because she she keeps trying to beat me. Yeah, well, she, you you can't pick everything the same. Although you do have a, a lot that over overlap. So we're going to run through the technical and some of the first few creative awards. Then uh, we're going to talk about some of these uh, the other ones as we get there. So let's start with best sound design of a play. You picked Simon Baker to win for A Christmas Carol. For best sound design of a musical, you have Peter Helensky for Moulin Rouge. In the category of best lighting design of a play, you have Heather Gilbert for The Sound Inside. For best lighting design of a musical, Justin Townsend for Moulin Rouge. For best costume design of a play, you have Didi Ayete from a slave play or from Slave Play. Then uh, best costume design of a musical, Catherine Zuber from Moulin Rouge. Best scenic design of a play. I'm gonna give this is your last chance to opt it out. You weren't 100 percent sure on this, so you want to stick with this, or you want to go with the other one you uh, talked about? 
Uh, see, this is this is this is where what I just said. Uh, let's <laughs> stick with what I have. I gotta stick with my gut, not now, okay. with, now with my desire. All right, you went with Rob Howell from A Christmas Carol, Krista, and you almost before we started recording went with Clint Ramos from from Slave Play. So we'll see who is right, your heart or your mind. Um, best thing to design of a musical, all of the technical I, I, categories. I, I reserve the right to change that on the website up until Sunday yes, morning. Absolutely. Every time we've done one of these podcasts, you have you have made that caveat. So uh, as more information comes in. Uh, but best scenic design of a musical, of course, Derek McLean. If anybody other than him wins that one, that'll be insane. Best orchestrations, um, you have Justin Levine with uh, Katie Kresik, Charlie Rosen, and Matt Stein for their collaborative work on Moulin Rouge. And then for best choreography, you have Sonia Taya for Moulin Rouge. This is a weird one. Best score for a theater or for the theater does not have a single musical uh, nominated because there were no original musicals. Uh, with original scores that's right on broadway this year before the shutdown but you have uh paul englishby for the inheritance and then for best book of a musical despite all logic um and your own personal feelings i believe you have diablo cody winning um a tony award to go along with her oscar Um, i think she's got an oscar doesn't she she went uh, i think she won did she win an oscar for screenplay i'm about to google uh, yeah, I think she did for uh, Juno. Oh, yeah. Wow. She did. Yeah. Yeah. Best original screenplay. Yeah. So, yeah uh, in 2008. So um, you have her winning for best book of a musical for Jagged Little Pill. All right. So let's get into some of these other ones, um, starting with the directing categories um, for best director. Uh, let's start with a play. The nominees are David Cromer for The Sound Inside, Stephen Daldry for The Inheritance, Kenny Leon for A Soldier's Play, Jamie Lloyd for Betrayal, and um, uh, Robert O'Hara for for Slave Play. Um, again, yeah. you have a number. You have uh, two directors from your shows in there. Um, who are you going to go with in Best Director of a Play? So, yeah, and I'll tell you, and I think I might be saying this a lot uh, the rest of the, uh, the evening, which is that, um, especially on the play side, you know, a lot of people are saying that this is like an asterisk year. And I mean, this is a stacked category. Um, I have Stephen Daldry winning, uh, who also won the Olivier for The Inheritance. Um, but I think each of these directors did such a phenomenal job. I, I would say that if it's not going to be Stephen Daldry, uh, it would be either Robert O'Hara for Slave Play or Jamie Lloyd for Betrayal. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think maybe because of the way that Tony Calendar shakes out and the opening schedules normally shake out, we just got more plays in. Um, they're limited runs, and they don't worry as much about being right up against the, the Tony eligibility deadline for, right. for the press. So we just had more good play, well, just more plays than than musicals. So I, I think that makes a lot of sense that, the, that these Categories will probably be a lot more competitive on the play side. So you have Stephen Daldry. Then we are moving on to Best Director of a Musical. The nominees are Phyllida Lloyd for Tina the Tina Turner Musical, Diane Paulus for Jagged Little Pill, and Alex Timbers for Moulin Rouge. So I have Alex Timbers, and I think, Matt, you'll know, I don't think he's ever won a Tony before. I don't believe he has either. I'm sure he's been nominated multiple times. Yeah, so um, um, I'm, I'm going to... Did he win potentially for um, uh, a co one for? Didn't he co direct um, the, uh, oh. the the Peter Pan with Roger Reese? Yeah, the, Reese? the um, yes, Peter and the Starcatcher. Peter and the Starcatcher. Yeah, 
Um, let me see. He, he did not. No, he has three nominations. He won yeah. four, or he was nominated for Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, nominated for Peter and the Starcatcher, and now nominated for Moulin Rouge. Yeah. So, so, um, so actually, he he won. Oh uh, no, that's right. It's a drama desk. I was gonna say he won. He won a, a drama desk for book of a musical, but he's never won a drama desk or a Tony for directing. And I I think this is his year uh, for Moulin Rouge. Yeah, it's just one of those things where like I don't know that the acting. Or you know that what he got out of his his actors was any better than any of the other shows, but just to be able to coordinate that entire production is is uh, exactly. impressive in and of itself. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the performance categories. And as a reminder, if you were listening to this um, in the previous three days of today on Broadway episodes, uh, Ashley, Steve's, Grace, Aki, and I all made all of our predictions for the acting and production categories as well. So you can go back and listen to those if you need more predictions but let's start with best performance by an actress in a featured role in a play we had jane alexander for grand horizons chalia latour for slave play annie mcnamara for slave play lois smith for the inheritance and cora vanderbroke for linda vista oliver who do you have here so i have lois smith uh uh she's incredible um and i think she's gonna win it uh i love uh, all the other actresses in here uh especially uh, you know, given, give it again, going back to the fact that Chris, I love Chilia and Annie so much. Uh, but Lois is sort of the, um, the crux of, of part two of the inheritance and her performance is just so moving. And I think, I think that they'll award it to her. Uh, that's what I said as well. So, uh, uh, we're good to know we're on the same page. Let's move on to best performance by an actor in a featured role in a play. We have Ato Blanks and Wood for Slave Play, James Kusadi Moyer for Slave Play, David Allen Greer for A Soldier's Play, John Benjamin Hickey for The Inheritance, and Paul Hilton for The Inheritance. Now, Oliver, I will give you so much credit if you go with David Allen Greer, just for the sole fact that he's the one nominee in this category that is not in one of your shows, are you going to do it? Do you have no. the guts? Well, also it's funny because my, so my, my pick has been Paul Hilton. Um, but I actually listened to you and Ashley this morning, mm-hmm. uh, Friday morning, uh, and your, your predictions. And, and I heard you talk about my sort of second and third choices, which were David Allen Greer and, and Ato. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be right. Uh, I this is a, this is one of those categories that I I think it's going to be Paul, but you know, David Allen Greer is a phenomenal actor, really well liked, and also uh, you know, in terms of the split vote, which you know we I may or may not believe in. I mm-hmm. I, I did a, I think I did a blog about this a few years ago. May or may not actually exist, but you do have two people from The Inheritance, two people from Slave Play, and then David sitting there who is beloved and who may eke it out. So my answer is I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm with Paul, but I do think that David has a, has a good shot. And that's a, a, a maybe a second place of the, of the ones we've been tracking where I reserve the right to change. Yeah. I think what's interesting about the splitting of the vote, and it's actually something this kind of ties into this next category. Uh, I think there are categories like this one, the featured actor in a play where the two people from the two different shows. So Ato and James from slave play and John Benjamin and Paul from Inheritance, um, neither of those really stands out tremendously as being more likely to pull votes than the other. I think maybe Ato more than James, but both of the Inheritance actors, I think, could very well get a number of votes. If you look in the next category, 
um, which is a uh, featured actress in a musical. You've got three from Precisely. Jagged Little Pill, but there's one who is clearly going to get all those votes. So I don't know that there's much splitting there in the featured actor in a play. I think there could be more splitting because there's no obvious standout. That's that's exactly right. I think, you know, like the, when we talk about splitting the, the the sort of risk or the issue is when you have two people that, um, like you said, are not are, are not necessarily clear favorites. Or, you know, one's not a clear favorite of the other. And then so when we talk about splitting, it's like the people who are just voting the inheritance down the ballot. Uh, right. The, who might have been the deciding factor for any one isn't going to help any in particular. Now, in featured action, the musical category clearly Lauren Patton is the one where anyone who's voting um, just because they're voting and maybe they're not voting for Jagged Little Pill down the ballot, uh, Jagged Little Pill down the ballot, or they are voting Jagged Little Pill down the ballot. It doesn't really matter. Lauren Patton's going to eke away with those awards or yeah. those, those votes. Yeah. So you've got Paul Hilton for now and featured actor in a play. Let's go over to that other category, best performance by an actress in a featured role in a musical. We have Catherine Gallagher from Jagged Little Pill, Celia Rose Gooding for Jagged Little Pill, Robin Herter from Moulin Rouge, and then the aforementioned Lauren Patton for Jagged Little Pill, and Myra Lucretia Taylor for Tina. We talked about Lauren Patton kind of being the the odds-on favorite amongst the Jagged Little Pill folks. Are you going to go with her for the actual award? Yes, I am. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. Anything yeah. <laughs> else uh, on that? I mean, it seems this is one of those that seems like she was predetermined before she stepped foot on the Broadway stage for this show that she was going to win. I think that's right. The only other thing is I want to give a little shout out to Robin Herter, who I've become friendly with uh, because she's, she's helping me. She's helping me with something for my wedding. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, spoiler is there, alert! Is there going to be some video of this coming up here in a few weeks? Uh, May, yeah, maybe there'll be some video. I don't know okay. that it'll be public, but I'll send it to you. Okay. All right. I will definitely we'll see. take that. Dep- yeah. depends on how well it depends <laughs> on how well it goes. Yeah. You've been like going over to Broadway Dance Studio or whatever it's called? Uh something like that. Okay. All right. That's uh, right. we'll see. All right, moving okay. on. Best uh performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical. We have Danny Burstein from Moulin Rouge. I'm just gonna stop there. Is that all right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's gonna win. Okay, good. And it's his uh, time. I actually, I mean, talk about uh, this. Is, it's actually funny when, whenever I think of what we talked about before, which was, you know, I can want something that I still don't think is going to happen. I actually, in the Hamilton year, I was like, Danny hasn't won. I think that yeah. was his fifth nomination at the time. Now I think it's his sixth or seventh. And I was like, I really, really want Leslie to win. Leslie's a friend of mine, but I think, but I, but I think Danny, and, you know, I was very happy that I was wrong. Uh, but this time, I don't think I'm wrong. I think he's going to win. He deserves it. It's been yeah. it's well overdue. Yeah, absolutely. And there are other great performances in this category, especially as you heard us talk about on today on Broadway, Daniel J. Watts and Tina. Um, to be honest with you, I don't think those other three guys would have been nominated in, if this year had continued, if the season had gone through. I think that's probably right. But I still think, depending on what happens and who knows what the performance is, like, I still think Danny and Daniel would have been the two front runners in that category, regardless if, you know, Sing Street and Girl from the North mm-hmm. Country and 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 Mrs. Doubtfire. Like I obviously Rob McClure probably would have been up there uh, as well. But I think Danny and Daniel would have been the front runners and I still think Danny would have won anyway. Right. Well he he would have been lead, right? Oh I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah I I just assume that Danny's at the lead and everything because that's yes, how exactly. I uh, <laughs> no he 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 if he doesn't win this I would be extremely surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, best uh, performance by an actress in a leading role in a play. We've got Jakinia Colacongo from Slave Play, Laura Linney from My Name is Lucy Barton, 
uh, Audra McDonald from Frankie and Johnny and the Clear to Loon, and Mary Louise Parker for The Sound Inside. Yeah. Um, where are what you going stacked, here? What a yeah. stacked category. Absolutely. Um, so I'm really split. I think I I right now have Mary Louise Parker. Mary Louise Parker was always the front yeah. runner to me. Uh, you know, even through working with Jakina and and like I, I it she I mean she's Mary Louise Parker, right? And actually, in earlier in the season, my uh, I had I had full reason to believe that Mary Louise Parker would have gotten two nominations in this category uh, yeah, for how I learned to drive. Um, for how I learned to drive as well. Um, which actually may or may not have helped her. Um, I don't know which of these two it's going to be. Um, <laughs> I think that time may have hurt Mary Louise Parker because, yeah. you know, the performance is not as vivid. Like I remember watching that play and thinking, oh my God, like she has this in the, I remember watching the sign inside and thinking Mary Louise Parker has this Tony in the bag. And then, you know, time moved by. And I think that that play got a little bit more forgotten than slave play did. So I actually am going to switch my, my, my prediction oh. right now. Oh, wow. Breaking uh, I think news. Akina is going to win, going to, going to win it. Um, right. I think that it's, I think it, I think, you know, Mary Louise Parker, Audra and Laura Linney are, are vets and they've, you know, I think I've assumed they all, I, mean, I know Audra has, I'm pretty sure Mary Louise Parker, I assume they've all won before. Um, and I think that it's, I think, I think it's going to be a, a new, I think I think I think because of the time that 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 you know tick past, people are gonna be, remember the the newer performance and not the name that they've heard every season for the last you know ten years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting because those other three plays were all limited run star vehicles, either obviously uh, either solo shows or two handers. Um, while you have slave play, which right. was. You know, I don't remember. You guys, did you guys extend or was it an open ended run to start with? I don't remember. No, but we, we we extended uh, two weeks. Okay, so, but it was a, a bigger show with more people, and it just stayed in the consciousness of people more. I mean, partially because of Jeremy kind of becoming a bigger star, uh, you know, as a writer of TV and film and Twitter. Um, but I feel like you're right. Like the distance from that has made it. Um, you know, harder to kind of remember these small limited run star vehicles, whereas slave play has kind of still just been in the discussion for theater folks since then. But um, yeah, so yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Exactly. I mean, you're right. And I actually, I don't, I think I inherit, I sort of instinctually thought of what you just said, but I, I've never actually vocalized it, but you're right in the time between when we closed and when the voting happened, Jeremy's star rose significantly. Um, yeah. And I think that it made Slave Play, you know, it's, 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 it's shocking, right? Because for most shows, I mean, obviously every show is closed, but the the sort of uh, proverbial knowledge is that if you're not open, you're not winning a Tony, um, <laughs> at least for production, you know, for, for, not, for not for production. Yeah. And so it's very strange to have this, this play that closed and then after it closed, it became more well-known. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So to... to- to put some details on what you said, obviously, Audra has six Tonys. Um, Mary Louise Parker has one. She has four nominations. She won in 2001 for Best Actress in a Play for Proof. Um, Laura Lenny has five nominations, but has not yet won. Oh, wow. Uh, however, she does have two drama desks, including for Outstanding Solo Performance for My Name is Lucy Barton. Uh, 
So, um, right. so five nominations. She won the no drama for that? For solo performance, for outstanding okay. solo performance, not for best actress. So right. because it's a one-woman show, she gets classified I, differently. Yeah, I knew she was nominated, uh, or sorry, given an honor, because they didn't do winners in the, for an outer yeah. critic circle this year. I, I didn't realize she was uh, Drama Desk as well, or yeah. won the Drama Desk. Yeah, it's all crazy. It's all weird. I uh, mean, I don't know. Maybe she could win. Wait, what do you think about the map? I don't think that Laura Linney is... Uh, no, isn't, uh, I, I don't know. think that show doesn't ha- didn't have enough buzz for right. like if you're going to go between two kind of like stars of stage and screen in either right. one or two handers, you're going to go with Mary Louise Parker yeah. this year. So I, I think it's yeah. going to be I, Jakina or, or, or Mary Louise. Yeah, I mean, but I would love now that I know that I would love to see Laura Lenny get an, a Tony before. You know, oh, yeah, too she long, will. Too long she will. Up. Yeah. yeah. Real quick. I mentioned this uh, yesterday because you mentioned the MCU earlier. Um, what about the uh, original person in the the role that Jagina is nominated for, uh, Tiana Paris, becoming uh, the big uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe star that she is? I know it's amazing. I'm so excited. Um, I'm I'm very happy. Um, and I I hope that happens to more people. And then I hope they come back to theater. Yeah, I feel like Tiana will. Um, totally. Yeah. It's uh, it, it worked out for everybody. I think like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say with the number of MCU people talking, this will be a good transition to the next category, but the number of MCU people that we've had on Broadway this year uh, was really uh, amazing. Yeah, very good. Um, All right, so let's go into this category. Best performance by an actor in a leading role in a play. You have Ian Barford for Linda Vista, Andrew Burnap for The Inheritance. You have Mysterio Jake Gyllenhaal for Seawall and a Life. You have Loki for uh, Tom Hiddleston for The Betrayal. You have Tom Sturridge for Seawall and a Life. And Blair Underwood, who feels like he should have been in an early MCU movie, but I don't think he was, Mm -hmm. um, for A Soldier's Play. Um, Who are you going with in this category? I think it's going to be Loki, Tom yep. Hiddleston. Um, I would love to see uh, Jake or, or Tom win for Seawall Life, uh, but I, I uh, obviously, and I'd also love to see Andrew win. But I, I think it, I think it'll be uh, Tom Hiddleston. I think the performance was really great, um, uh, and he's a, yeah, he's a great actor, and I and I think he's the standout in that crowd. But it is a it is a pretty great. All those performances were amazing. Yeah. And again, he was in it. We talked about this yesterday. He was in a three person play. All three of them are Marvel Cinematic Universe people with Zawi Ashton getting ready to appear in the Marvels opposite Tiana Paris, which is currently mm-hmm. filming in London right now. Um, let's move over to the musical performance categories. Best performance by an actress in a leading role in a musical, Karen Olivo for Moulin Rouge, Elizabeth Stanley for Jagged Little Pill, and someone who should be an MCU superhero, Adrian Warren for Tina. Yeah, she's a Broadway superhero for now, uh, and she's going to win. Yeah, Adrian I, Warren, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there needs to be much more discussion beyond that. No, I mean, again, two, three great performances, but Adrian Warren is just, I think, I think has it in the bag. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and and it's weird because I thought that probably would have been true for her in the Olivier, but she did not win the Olivier. That's right. Um, she lost to Sharon Clark, who yes. had they had the season rounded out, would have been eligible in the category again. Mm-hmm. So you could have the same showdown, but now she'll be eligible this upcoming season whenever the hell we have the next Tony. So who knows? Exactly. Exactly. Um, that would have been in 2026 when they, yeah. when they do the Tony's again, <laughs> but that would have been such an interesting 
battle too and then to see what they did with the the queens from six like i don't know exactly. that anyone would have gotten a nomination or even content like maybe one or two would have gotten nominated i don't think they would have contended but maybe throw in mar winningham from uh from girl from the north country like mm-hmm. it would have been a really a much more interesting category but you're right adrian's running yeah. away with it and i mean like like you said uh earlier i think that the the season ending early really the musical suffered more than the plays because the musicals you, you only had four musicals open. Um, and so all these, I mean, there's so many, you know, it's just like the Oscars where all the movies open up right before the Oscars, like uh, a lot of the big contenders were set to open and didn't. So, uh, but age, I will say, uh, there are a lot of categories here that I think would have gone other ways. I think it would have been interesting to see the same showdown, uh, as the Olivier, mm-hmm. but Adrian Warren to me was always going to be a front runner, if not the front runner in this category. Yeah. Now, do keep in mind, while there are only three musicals that are represented in the nominations, there was another one that what did open and was eligible. That was Percy Jackson uh, or The Lightning Thief, the Percy Jackson musical. But there were actually two other musicals that did open this season that were deemed ineligible. That is Girl from the North Country, which opened, I think, like days beforehand um and so they didn't have a chance to invite people the west side story revival also opened but because of he who will not be named who is producing that show he had yet to invite people despite the fact that it had been open for a while so they were not deemed uh, eligible either so who knows if those two things if they had happened a little differently if those could have right. thrown some wrenches in here as well but yeah. let's let's move into this weird best performance by an actor in a leading role in a musical category the the, the options are yes Aaron Tveit will receive the award or no Aaron Tveit will not receive the award because he is not nominated against anybody else he must receive 60% of the vote from the voters to declare him the winner um, or there will be no best actor in a leading role in a musical award. It's weird. It's dumb, Oliver. But do you think that he will get the award? If he does not, then the then the mechanism to vote is broken. That's what I'll say. I'll say he's going to win. And if he doesn't, then it should not be 60% because then we obviously have 41% of people who don't understand how to do this. Or, or are just idiots i mean yeah, honestly that's like the, that that's the less nice way to put it yeah 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 i i can say that you have you have to be nice <laughs> no, to the people in the you're, industry you're you're right i mean if you yes if 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 he does not win then there's something seriously wrong with the voting but um i i really pray that we never have this situation again because i pray that oh. there's not a global catastrophe that shuts down the industry for so long that, that we can't have more than one nominee not that he was the only eligible but the only nominee and uh, and he's going to win it or or we're going to have bloodshed in the on the streets outside of the Winter Garden. <laughs> well, and uh, keep in mind that while this is the only time that I can think of that this has happened, like there was a lot of lean years in the, you know, some of the 70s, 80s and 90s, depending on what category you're talking about, where there were only like two. Like there was a couple of years that was like only like two musicals nominated for best musical. So like yeah. we are living in an era of like of of great excess in terms of these categories where in recent decades like in my lifetime there were years when it was like this one random review and maybe one actual book musical so like we're fortunate that in most years these categories we are worried about snubs 
um, where the other years they were worried about having enough to actually have a category. Right. And I mean, we've had, you know, in recent history, especially in music revival of a musical, we've had. Yeah, that's true. You know, situations like that. But, but, but performance, because, because they, you know, a group musical and, or sorry, because they group revival and non-revival, it's hard for me to believe that we're going to have another year, even in distant future, yeah. where there's not at least, you know, three uh, uh, performers that we can dominate. Yeah, from your mouth to Sondheim's ears. Yeah, All right, exactly. let's move into the uh, production categories. Let's Be- do it. Best revival of a play. The nominees are Betrayal, Frankie and Johnny in the Clear to Loon, and A Soldier's Play. Um, this one's interesting. I I tossed and turned on this one, uh, as you, you heard. I hedged my bets on uh, today on Broadway. So where are you leaning here? Oliver? Yeah, so uh, it's funny. I am leaning towards the one of these that I did not see because I had... I think I had tickets to see it on. I can't oh. remember if this is the one. Did, I think it closed. Didn't it? Didn't it get shut down a few days early? Um. Yeah, play? Yes. It, it had been I, and I, supposed I, to I, run. I had a bunch of week. tickets. I had a bunch of tickets that weekend because I I was out of town and I was coming back into town. So I think it, this was one of them. Uh, a soldier's play. I did not see. So I didn't see, and I think it's going to win. I loved betrayal, and I loved Frankie and Johnny. So I can't imagine. Uh, like I really, I really, it's hard for me to imagine that a soldier's play, uh, was significantly better than it, uh, than either of those, but I've heard that it was phenomenal. And so I think it's going to win. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a tough call on these, but I think to a lesser degree of what we talked about with slave play, I feel like a soldier's play, especially with this announcement that it's being turned into a limited series, not that that impacted voting at all, but I feel like this one of these three was the one that continued to be a part of the consciousness a little bit longer than the others. So I I I think that could be in its favor, even though I did go with betrayal. Well, so it's funny you said, because so I, I actually didn't see betrayal on Broadway either, but I saw it on the West end. Mm -hmm. That play was, that revival was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, One thing that I'm just realizing as you say, this is that, so voting happened in March, I think. So I, I was going to say, I was going to be a little bit more uh, petty and say sometime way after the Tonys and way, or <laughs> way after the season ended and way before Sunday yeah. night. Uh-huh. Um, but one thing that did happen in that, in that time is that Terrence McNally passed away. And that's true. You know, that in terms of just keeping things in the, in people, in the voters' minds, you know, I, I, I forgot that and how great would it be, uh, for Frankie and Johnny to win, you know, in the year of his passing, um, that would, that would be cool. Um, so I don't, this is a, this is a toss up. Um, I thought betrayal was fantastic. I thought Frankie and Johnny was fantastic. And I can see people wanting to honor Terrence's legacy by giving him the award. And, um, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I thought soldiers, I've heard soldiers play was soldiers play was fantastic. It also did the soldiers play one, a soldiers play, sorry, one, the Drama League and Drama Desk Awards and was the most nominated play of the season. I believe, or sorry, revival, revival. of this revi- play revival of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, definitely will be interesting. I mean, Terrence McNally does have five Tonys to his credit. Yes. Um, so it's not like he's in a situation where they like, we're giving him his first posthumously. And, and I actually, I think he's getting a special honor or something. He he might be. He got an actual uh, a lifetime achievement, Tony, in 2019. Okay, um, yeah. So uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. 
But all right, well, that's it's hard to tell the difference between the Tonys that happened, you know, <laughs> I know three years ago and the one that's happening two years after it was supposed to. Yeah, especially when they're like consecutive seasons. But. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's move on to best play. This is the one again where you were you have a nomination in for three of the five shows. Grand Horizons, you do not have a part in that one. The Inheritance, Seawall, and A Life and Slave Play, you do have a part of those three. And then The Sound Inside, which you raved about earlier, um, uh, is the fifth nominee. This one's tough because I feel like... Um, like, I guess maybe all three, but at least two of the three that you uh, were involved in producing are the front runners here, Oliver. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, The Inheritance, um, you know, <laughs> thank I, I very, very proudly has, I think, won every major Best Play Award ever. Um, every... It won every Best Play Award. I think there are four or five Best Play Awards we won in London, including the Olivier, the What's on Stage, the Evening Standard, um, the 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 uh, People's Choice or whatever. Uh, and it won the Drama Desk and it won the Drama League and it won an OCC you know honor um, and it won the Glad Media Award. It is you know one of the most winning Best Plays, if not the most winning Best Play in history. And then you have Slave Play, which <laughs> was not eligible for the Outer Critics Circle or the, dra- right. or the Drama Desk this year due to it having an off-Broadway previously, and it had never been in London, obviously. But so you have the most you know, winning best play in recent history versus uh, a play that really took, I think, an industry by storm. And the and, most nominated show of the year. Most and, nominated and the play most the nominated year. play in history. Oh, um, right, right, yeah. And the most nominated play in history with 12 nominations. Now, The Inheritance was close behind with 11. Actually, The Inheritance also broke the record, but was broken, or right. I think maybe it tied the record. So so it's a really tough, it's a really tough category. I am, I'm hedging my bets on slave play, um, but this is, I think this is the category to watch. This is going to be, uh, on CBS, right? It's, uh, I mean, all, all three of these best, actually, all three of the best uh, of the CBS uh, awards. It's actually really fun because I don't know any, I don't have certainty on any of them. Some years right. we, totally. we sort of know, or at least we're like, it's probably this, but if not, it, it you know, if not, maybe, maybe it'll be that. I really don't know if it's going to, uh, what it's going to be for all, all three of these. I think it's going to be Slave Play. Uh, and I think that, that Slave Play will basically end the inheritance's streak of winning best play in every major award. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting battle, um, between these two, uh, shows because in a lot of ways they share a lot of DNA, but they are also very, very different in in other ways. Um, so I think the, the fact that these two very well could be, uh, the number one and number two in this category, not that we'll ever know, Um, But the fact that these are the two front runners is very, very interesting and compelling. And I think in a regular year would have been a very buzzy topic of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think if there if there was a if there was a chance for these shows to camp like properly campaign and Mm -hmm. do the I mean, it would have it would have been thrilling. I'm upset that. It didn't happen. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to what I guess is the biggest award of the night. It's it's a category that I have no idea what's going on with um and that is best musical the three nominees are jagged little pill moulin rouge the musical and tina the tina turner musical i said it on uh, today on broadway oliver i could make a case for or against 
all three of these. Um, I knew that. None of them would have had a shot if the rest of the season had played out, in my opinion. Um, but I think I probably agree with that, too. But one of them will win. Who do you have winning yeah. here? Uh, yeah, this is the, according to the Broadway League, probably the only award category that matters since these are open and they're being, they're going to be on CBS. Um, I don't think that, but, uh, yeah. but, but I think the case has been made otherwise for, for people at the league in the wing. Um, I am Moulin Rouge winning. I'm really not sure about this category. Um, you know, Jaggy Little Pill has a lot of support. It's not my cup of tea, you know, great show. I didn't like it nearly as much as I like Moulin Rouge and Tina. Um, Moulin Rouge is the opposite. I think that Moulin Rouge is so entertaining, but I, you know, it's not because it's because it's like one of those, you know, extreme mashup jukeboxes. It's a spectacular spectacular. Yeah. And not everyone I think in industry uh, loves that as much as they do like a classic book musical. That's not, you know, uh, a, a mashup adaptation. So so the two, those two are very sort of at odds with one another, I think. But, I mean, all three are jukebox musicals, which is why mm-hmm. we don't have any of them eligible for best score. Uh, I think it's Moulin Rouge, though. Um, is, it the Harry, Rouge. is it the Harry Potter, you know, thing here where it's like because this is a production award, like you have to factor in the costumes and the sets and the choreography to the whole thing. And that's what puts it over the edge because it's so close. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, you know, as you said, my gut tells me that Jaggy Little Pill is going to win this award. I really, my gut really tells me that. But, but, um, but I just, I just, yeah, I think like, like what you said, I just, I just think Moulin Rouge's production and all, and I, and like, I mean, I genuinely enjoyed it. And it's a, it's a feat, it is a feat of, uh, you know, I think, you know, as you said before, before we really got into this, the orchestrations, which I have them winning, like it's, it, it's a very well done production. Um, and I think that all in all, it's, it's the best musical of the three. Yeah. It's a very, very incredibly impressive production of a really, really bland and boring musical. Uh, yes. but that's, that's just my opinion. Um, and this is coming from someone who spent many a night in college singing, uh, Moulin Rouge songs at karaoke. <laughs> um, but that's because I'm old. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any of these two winning me too. And that's what I said uh, on today on Broadway. Like I, I went with Tina just because I, I tried to play the demographics and if you look at who the Tony voters mostly are, I went with the more boomer musical. I went with somebody who is of the age um, or maybe even a little older than a lot of the Tony voters. And that's Tina Turner. It's a more traditional book musical. Jagged Little Pill is super messy. It's although there are getting to be some people of, of probably Tony voter age who listen to Alanis Morissette um, and the Moulin Rouge soundtrack. But like, Tina Turner just feels more like something that Tony voters would like. And it's like you said, it's a little bit more of a traditional bio musical uh, than, than what those other two are doing. So, yeah, I mean, the, the case, the, the reason why, as you were speaking, I had this gut reaction of Jagged is actually sort of the opposite, Matt, which is that Jagged's the only original one. I mean, they're not, none of them are original, but you know what I mean? It's the only original book, Yeah, original book. And, yeah. and so I think that it's, you know, 
I don't know. It's it's, it's possible that's thing. Uh, what I can guarantee you is that a jukebox musical will win best best musical this uh, this year. <laughs> when was the last time that a jukebox I think, musical? Uh, won? Jersey Boys won, didn't it? It did. It did. It did. Um, is that that the, would have been after Mamma Mia, right? Uh, Ma, did Mamma Mia win? I don't know, but it's that was definitely know. after Mamma Mia. Yeah, was yeah. there anything? For um, I'm looking up here. Uh, well, American I mean, Idiot didn't win. It lost to M- Memphis. Ugh. Um, Beautiful didn't win. Well, I I I contend that that's one of the biggest upsets in oh, best gen- musical history. Yeah, Gentleman's Guide winning is is was a huge one. Well, once is not really a jukebox musical, yeah. but it straddles the line, I guess, in 2012. Yeah. Um, but, no, I th- I think I mean it's, yeah, Jersey Boys would have been Jersey Boys. And that, um, that might even be the only thing that we consider a, a jukebox musical to win. Yeah. Yeah. In 2006, I mean, other, that would have been. Yeah. And there's other things that were reviews. Yeah. Um, but I think that would have been. I think, And I think if you start getting into pre-90s, I, I have a hard time calling anything a jukebox, jukebox musical. Right. Now, I'm, I'm looking at the, at the list right now. I, I would argue this is this this year. You will see the first and only jukebox musical since since Jersey Boys, as you know, as we know it, win the Tony. Yeah, I think that's a a very uh, fair assumption. But 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 interestingly, right, is like these are actually three very different types of jukebox, right? Like 100%. Tina is the most like Jersey Boys. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Jagged is more is more like you know if it's like anything like. Um, uh, uh, American Idiot, right? Where it's like yeah. an original well, story based on concept album, and yeah. and Moulin Rouge is you know sort of its own mashup beast. Well, and what's interesting about Jagged Little Pill, like it's more like Tommy than it is Jersey Boys, right? You know, like it's and like American Idiot, but those were albums that were actually written, maybe not with this specific story in mind, but they were written a lot more with the con- now. I would never say that. Um, the Jagged Little Pill album, like Alanis Morissette's, is a is a concept album like Tommy is, but it's much more like that than it is um, with a lot of like something like All Shook Up, which was just a bunch of Elvis songs put together around some modern fifties is Shakespeare story. Like that's yeah. a jukebox musical. This is much more of a concept Agreed. musical. Um, then I mean, even going back to like Jesus Christ Superstar, which was a concept album first as well, although it was always intended for the stage. Uh, but it's interesting. I love I've written articles uh, at Broadway World before about the difference between a jukebox musical, a bio musical um, and all these and what is and isn't. I remember it. that article. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. this is a, a topic that means literally nothing and nobody cares. And it makes not a hill of beans, but it fascinates me endlessly. So, um, Oliver, any last predictions or thoughts about what we're going to see? We still really don't know what the hell is going to happen on Sunday night. Actually, I don't think I texted you about this, but uh, I will say, like, reading that last, I think it was yesterday, the day before the announcement of some of the performances and the appearances. Mind-boggling to me. I I, I was pretty excited. (laughs) See, but here's the thing. Like, I'm excited about those people. That's great people. But, like, we've heard of four well, six current shows running because one thing we should mention is that um, the two Tony honors for Freestyle Love Supreme and American Utopia, both of those shows are either back playing on Broadway or will be soon. So those right. count. You've got the three best musical nominees all performing, although they're going to be taped from their actual home 
theaters. Uh, and then apparently we're getting John Legend with Ain't Too Proud. You're telling me that we're only having six of the currently or soon to be running musicals performing on the Tonys? How does that make sense for what is supposed to be a welcome back to Broadway concert? I mean, six is six is. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's not that much time, right? Uh, it's two I mean, hours. I, yeah, that's a good point. And, and they're only giving out three awards. It's just it just seems weird. Like the, the the reason that they justified splitting this up into not only two different broadcasts, but one on streaming is because, oh, we're going to do this big thing to celebrate Broadway. But they're not. They're celebrating. I mean, for all we know, and this is all going on just this press release because they haven't really given us any real information. It seems like they're celebrating TV stars who once appeared on Broadway. Yeah, but I think that the idea, right, I mean, like, what I'm guessing is that the idea is that they're going to lure you in with these TV stars and then give you the performances and, you know, and, and try so. to sell you a Broadway ticket. But, um, you know, and that's why you have something like John Legend performing with Ain't Too Proud. So it's like, you know, so that they can say you're coming to see John Legend, but at the end of the day, you see Ain't Too Proud and you say, I want to go see that show. Um, my guess is that these performances might be longer than your general three minutes or I don't know if it's three Could or be. three Um, but but how but are yeah, things I, like I, I don't know. I mean, you're right. It's I mean, it, you know, I I think it's like five hours straight that I'm sitting in the Winter Garden on Sunday, and uh, it's a long time, uh, especially yeah. especially because I think most of these performances are not actually happening live. Yeah. Um. So I'm just as curious as you to see what 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 what's happening. Yeah, and like if you're gonna do John Legend and Ain't Too Proud, like where's Ariana Grande and Six? Because uh, rumors are she's producing the film version, but that's just oh. the word on the street. Oh, she. Be uh, so yeah. you know, and it's like those are the things that if you're gonna bring in the stars to get people's attention on the Tony or on the actual Broadway shows, like why isn't Bob Dylan performing with Girl from the North Country or you know something yeah. like that? It's like yeah, I hear you. Th- th- these are the shows that need it, especially Girl from the North Country, which is a, a tough. T- ticket to sell even though i think it's a quality show i don't know if it's a great show but it's a show i think that's worth seeing um and if you get people's attention with bob dylan i don't know how i think he's he's seen it and signed off on it but i mean like i don't know how involved he is with it but i mean like those are the big swings that they should have been doing for this concert in my opinion not like hey we're gonna have i mean and nothing against jesse tyler ferguson but like he could be in any Tony celebration any year and it would be fine, but this should have been something different because of how they're doing the broadcast. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I think uh, my assumption is that they, sh- I'm hoping they shop for the stars and this is who said yes, but uh-huh. you might be right. They might not have. Yeah. And in all fairness, Jesse Tyler Ferguson was actually a part of this Broadway season with grand horizons. So he yeah. should be there nonetheless. And that's not a shot and- at him, but it's just like, yeah. Okay. And I was just gonna say, and should and should have been again in Take Me Out, and I think That's I true. think he's doing that in this season, right? Correct. Yeah, that'll be happening yeah. in the spring. So, all right. Well, that is uh, over forty-five minutes of Tony discussion, Oliver. I when we used to do the uh, the O Henry report, we would say this is going to be a short twenty-minute podcast, and we talk for an hour. So this feels very uh, very familiar. Yeah, but I will say this was this was short. We uh, the fact that we that this wasn't the fact this wasn't ninety minutes long. I feel is a success. It's a success. Yeah, I mean, granted, on the day that you've had, if I kept you up uh, even later than I already have, uh, I would have been a bad friend, so I wouldn't do that too. <laughs> but um, of course, Oliver, they can see all of these productions over at ohenryproductions.com. Um, you are not much on the tweeting lately, but if they wanted to reach out to you via Twitter, where could they do that? I'm at Oliver Henry Roth. I'm there on Instagram as well. 
Uh, but you're right, I haven't been tweeting much. Yeah, well, hopefully as we get back into theaters and obviously all the wedding content coming up in a few weeks will be... Uh, yes, that's right. If, will be must-see TV. If anyone's interested in, in staying tuned to my wedding, uh, you can get it all on at Oliver Henry Roth on, on Instagram. <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Broadway Radio. Uh, Ashley, Grace, and I will be back to you as quickly after the Tony Awards wrap up on Sunday night as possible. If you want to reach out, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMAP. And of course, head over to Patreon.com slash Broadway Radio. Have a wonderful Tony Award weekend. Who knows when we'll have another one of these. It could be nine months. It could be a year and a half. Who knows at this point. Um, But we are excited to finally actually celebrate this season that was. We will talk to you soon and uh, enjoy the ceremony.